Welcome, friends. I'm Sarah Ann Stewart, and this is the Awesome Inside Out Podcast. Now, I'm not sure how you ended up here today, but I want to welcome you with open arms. Because while our paths may be different, I'm going to take a wild guess that we share one common desire to have a deeply fulfilling, extraordinary life in a body that we love. A life free of diets, free from guilt, and free from shame. In each episode, we're going to dive deep into mindset shifts that give you the power to decide how you feel, not the media, not your past, and not social conditioning. Then you'll discover how to use this inspiration and this new sense of confidence to be the best you, the you that you are meant to be. So get ready, my friend. It is time to get awesome inside out. Hey there, welcome back to the Awesome Inside Out podcast. As always, I am grateful and honored that you are here with me today. It is always my goal to bring you valuable content or to rethink the way that you relate to, feel in, and experience your body. For many years, I have become increasingly concerned with women who deeply need support, and I've been asking myself these questions. Why are women sicker than ever before? Why are women around the world struggling with hormonal issues? And why are infertility rates going up? I know deeply that the Band-Aid solution is not the answer and most often than not causes other problems. While on my quest to finding the right solutions, I have found hope and understanding that there are ways to approach healing that go beyond standard care, that offer a more holistic, integrative approach to the body that involves understanding how to use your biology to create optimal flow in every area of your life. So I invited best-selling author Elisa Vitti to share her personal story of sudden weight gain, painful acne, and only getting two periods twice a year. After many years of appointments with multiple doctors and specialists, she finally began to find some clarity. In the midst of doing her own research, she discovered she had a condition called PCOS. What's even more shocking is the prognosis her doctor then gave her, a future with the possibility of obesity, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and infertility. She refused to accept these conditions and so began her journey to discovering how to heal her PCOS while living an incredibly fulfilled life. She would later go on to become an integrative nutritionist, hormone expert, and best-selling author of the book, Woman Code. She is the founder of flowliving.com, the author of her newest book, In the Flow, a trusted resource that helps women understand how to unlock their hormone advantage. She's been featured on the Dr. Oz Show, has a web series on Lifetime, and is a regular contributor to Women's Health, Mind Body Green, and the Huffington Post, along with becoming a top speaker. Needless to say, she's a powerhouse of knowledge when it comes to unlocking your hormone advantage and revolutionizing your life. Today, we're discussing creating a path that will allow you to reconnect with your unique female biorhythms, gain back your energy, help you lose weight easily, and create the much-needed balance essential to thrive. Additionally, I've asked her to debunk many well-known trends, offer an understanding about why you are frustrated with your current health, and how, by understanding your biology, you can create optimal flow in your life. Before we get started with this episode, I encourage you to grab a pen and some paper because this is a powerful, powerful episode with lots of content that you're not going to want to forget. Thank you so much, Elisa, for being here on the show. I'm so excited to have this conversation today. I literally got your book a week ago in the flow, and I have been loving it, diving deep into all of your information on unlocking your hormone advantage. So thank you, thank you, thank you for being here. Oh, it's totally my pleasure, Sarah. Thanks for having me. I think this is such an important conversation to have, one in which I think is very, very much overlooked as we're living in a world where women are getting sicker. They're sicker than ever before. They're struggling more and more with their hormonal issues. The rates of infertility are going up and a lot of our hormones are just falling apart. And so I would love for you to start with just how you got into this work. I have been absolutely blown away (laughs) listening to other podcasts you've been on and just researching this specifically. I think it's a very synchronistic time for me as I've been diving into how to optimize my pregnancy and, and as I go through this process of trying for the last six months, it's been really interesting to me to be reading your book and piecing together bits of information that other doctors haven't presented or nutritionists or functional medicine doctors, people that I've been going to and, and putting a lot of care into in terms of just following different protocols. So it's been really wonderful to see, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be intermittent fasting. I shouldn't be doing some of these things that are very 
common and normal to our society and cultural trends that are happening right now. So I would love for you, yes, to just tell us how you got into this amazing work that you're doing, which I am so excited about. Well, I mean, I think just like yourself, right, you're diving into this for yourself because you you need to, right? You're trying to conceive and and it's a process and it's something that should just happen. And then you start asking, well, why isn't it happening? And And I went through something similar in the sense that in my early teens, you know, when everybody else started getting their period, I did not. And, you know, of course, you can't go to the gynecologist <laughs> when, until you're 16 or or sexually active. That's the, the rule. And so, you know, for all of those years from 12 to 16, you know, I didn't menstruate at all, didn't have my first period. And I remember going to the gynecologist at 16 and just saying, well, what is happening? You know, and she's like, oh, you know, some people are late and this and that. And then, you know, even though I eventually did have a strange first bleed from the age of 12 to 22, I only menstruated a total of five times, two of which they were chemically induced with synthetic progesterone. And all that while diligently going to the gynecologist, and I grew up in Newton, Massachusetts, and so I had access to Harvard-trained GYNs. And then when I was at Johns Hopkins as a student, I had access to Hopkins-trained GYNs. I had access to the best you could get your hands on in terms of medical care. And I was basically told that they had no idea what was happening, that it's likely nothing was wrong and that, you know, I should just sort of like do my best. And if anything, I could go on the pill, right? And I just, aside from not menstruating, was then getting progressively sicker with a variety of things that I was told were disconnected. I was gaining an enormous amount of weight. You know, I'm five foot six and at my peak, I was 210 pounds. I had severe cystic acne on my face, chest, and back to the point where it would take me like a half an hour in the morning. And I'd have to sit down, of course, because I was so heavy. And also because it took a half an hour to spackle my face with like serious concealer just to go outside and not feel totally ashamed of the way that I looked. And then I was dealing with increasing sort of sense of depression and anxiety. My circadian rhythm was completely off. I couldn't wake up in the morning. I couldn't fall asleep at night. I had terrible insomnia. I no longer was able to function normally within my day-to-day life. And then to be continuously told that nothing was wrong just didn't add up, right? Didn't make sense. And so since I have been a, a science nerd from the way back, and that's how I ended up at Hopkins in the first place, I was planning to become an OBGYN myself. I, of course, in my insomniacal nights, would go to the library and research in uh, gynecological and obstetrics journals, because what else does a girl do who's 210 pounds of cystic acne on a Friday night or a Thursday night? <laughs> so I was trying to figure out, more importantly, though, what was wrong with me and why I was suffering and maybe something that my doctors were missing. And in an obstetrics journal, I did find a tiny little sliver of a vertical conversation about uh, Stein-Leventhal disorder, which was the original name given to PCOS. And I, you know, was reading through the classic presentation of symptoms and I had all of them. So I went to my gynecologist the next morning and I brought her this journal and I said, listen, I'm convinced that this is what I have. Can we do the confirmatory testing to, you know, lock in this diagnosis? And you know, we did it. And she said, you were right. This is what you have. I'm sorry that I didn't know about it. (laughs) Um, I'm not even sure if she apologized, but in my mind, I'm (laughs) I'm, I'm hoping that she did. (laughs) And uh, I said, great, listen, no problem. Now, what do we do? And she had nothing for me. She just said, listen, this is going to get progressively worse. We don't have a cure. We don't even have an effective treatment. We can give you a bunch of medications that might help with some of the symptoms. You're going to be at greater risk for all sorts of diseases, diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and oh, by the way, uh, you're probably not going to be able to get pregnant and naturally or if at all with you know artificial reproductive technology. And you know, I think I was 20 at that time and that just didn't that future just didn't work for me, Sarah. <laughs> so I decided at that moment that this, and it really was more, not even just an intellectual piece. Of course, I was shocked 
hearing all of this, but there was this very clear, very strong inner voice that just spoke at me while I was sitting stunned in silence in the chair after she had finished dropping that all on me. And it's this voice just said, that's not your future. And so I just sort of opened my mouth and kind of repeated that. I was like, that's, uh, that's not my future. <laughs> she said, well, what are you going to do? And I said, I don't know yet, but I'm going to take my very expensively trained mind and I'm going to go figure it out. And she's like, well, I'll be here when you want some birth control prescription, you know, let me know. I don't think she really thought much of it. But that is what I proceeded to do. I was highly motivated to get well. And I began researching absolutely everything, you know, the results of the Human Genome Project, specifically around epigenetics, had just been out. Um, I was looking at that. I was looking at, you know, basic endocrinology. I was looking at functional nutrition. Of course, that didn't, that's not what it was called 20 years ago. Um, I was looking at all sorts of things and I, and I was able to piece together a protocol that would restore the optimal functioning of my endocrine system. And the endocrine system, of course, is the system that governs your hormones and your reproductive system. So I put that into place and experimented on myself with food and supplements and lifestyle changes, because that, of course, is what we know are the inputs that drive change on the epigenetic level and on the glandular level and the metabolic level, and was not surprised, but really in awe of what the transformation that took place. You know, my 60 pounds melted off of my body without deprivation or working myself out like a crazy person. My skin totally cleared up and the anxiety and the depression evaporated. The insomnia went away. And of course, my ovulation and my period were restored. And I've been ovulating and menstruating ever since without any issue. And I was able to conceive naturally at 36 on the third try and have my, my daughter at 37, you know, which is considered advanced maternal age. So all of that said that it was a really powerful experience to go through. And it made me extremely passionate to share my research and my knowledge with other women. And I decided not to become an OBGYN at that time because I really felt strongly that for women, what was missing in the GYN experience was not more GYN care, right? You, you got to go in, you got to have your exams, you got to, you know, look at the cervix and do your pap smear and, and have all of those things checked. And, you know, if you need any surgical procedures, that's what you need, right? But what women need from a hormonal point of view is not more of that. They need what they don't get after those exams are done, which is this sort of ongoing, how do you actually care for and protect and keep balanced your hormones every day? How do you resolve period problems like PCOS or fibroids or endometriosis or infertility or perimenopause? How do you resolve that naturally, safely, and effectively? What are your hormones? How do they work? Women needed an education. So I saw that how I could best serve other women like me, because I, I remember how isolated and terrified I was and how overwhelmed I felt trying to figure this out, that, you know, if I could figure it out, I wanted to build a platform that would enable and empower other women to understand how their hormones worked, what they needed to do to take care of them. And of course, to have a, their hand held in a variety of ways to go through the process of getting out of hormonal chaos and back into hormonal flow. And that is how Flow Living was born. It's incredible and mind-blowing to me because when I look at the stats of what your cycle syncing membership is doing, and we'll get into that in a minute, 90% of people are eating better. 70% of people experience weight loss, which is one of the most challenging things for women right now. 83% reduced PMS symptoms, 85% experienced mood improvement. Like these are insane statistics and you're doing it through a holistic approach, which I think is just so, so incredible. And I heard that when you don't have your period, it's a huge vital sign of your health. And I think you've said before that it's the fifth vital sign. Of yeah. So a number of years ago, I made a little TV and feminist history by being the first person to be on national television describing simulated menstrual blood <laughs> on Dr. Oz <laughs> on any show, anywhere. And this was 
this is when my first book came out, Woman Codes. So this was back in 2013. And then I would say a year or two later, the American College of Obstetrics and Gynecologists, the ACOG, put out a, degree, a decree saying that your menstrual cycle is your fifth vital sign of health. So just to put that into perspective, when anybody walks into the emergency room, they take immediately your four vital signs, right? Blood pressure, temperature, et cetera. Now, for the first time, which is a huge step forward for gender equality in healthcare, which is something I'm really passionate about that is extremely lacking and makes women and keeps women sick and makes them sick unnecessarily, is that your cycle is now referred to as a fifth vital sign. And of course it is, because if you're missing a period, if you're having heavy clots and pain, if you're having very light bleeds, if you're having a lot of brown staining, each of these visual cues or in the biohacking community, we would call that you know physical biofeedback, right? Those are signs that your body is tell- giving you to tell you or to give you some transparency or visibility into what your hormones are doing in real time. Each one of those colors or textures or intensities are indicative of a particular hormonal concentration and ratio. And that's valuable information, not just to mention the bleeding part, but all the symptoms that you have throughout the cycle indicate are indicators for the same conversation. So your period overall, each day of your cycle, the, the whole month is an, a critical, critical sign of your health. Now, I asked a question about three years ago. Something was really bothering me, Sarah, <laughs> you know, which was this, that I've been taking care of women's health now for 20 years. I, I first had a clinical practice in the city for a decade, and then I decided that I wanted to help women everywhere, regardless of geography. And so back in 2012, I launched Flow Living. It's the first and really only modern telehealth hormone company for women. So I've been doing this a long time. And in the past five years, let's say, we've had so much change online. We've had millennials free bleeding on Instagram. We've had, you know, all sorts of new female founded brands in the menstrual hygiene space. We've had a lot more wellness media coverage for hormones and menstruation than ever before. Right. And so, you know, I'm I'm just a logical person, right? So if we have more access and more content, then that should equal healthier women. Yes. Right. A hundred percent, but it's not. (laughs) In fact, it's getting worse. It's getting much worse. 47% of women in their reproductive years are struggling with their hormones. And when we compare that to the male cohort, it's like only maybe 10% of men are struggling with their hormones. So I was asking myself, what is going on here? Why are women getting sicker? And we, and now we have more access and more content. What is going on? Why is that? because that just didn't make sense. And I can't sit with things that don't make sense. Um, So I started diving in like I do when I want to solve a problem, researching, researching, researching. And I came across two like really important pieces of information that I thought were so important. I decided to write a 400 page book about them. The first is that women are being left out of medical fitness and nutrition research. And this is really important for you to know because it means that everything that you've read about from high-intensity interval training to intermittent fasting to keto, and we can get into it in a minute, but all of that stuff, the research, the benefits, the research is only being done on men and sometimes postmenopausal women, but the benefits are only applicable to those groups, not to you. So that means if you're doing them, it's actually making you sick. It's hurting you. That's important for people to know, for women to know. The second thing is that we have a second biological rhythm that is being completely ignored. It's called the infradian rhythm, I-N-F-R-A-D-I-A-N. And it governs six key systems of your body, your brain, your immune system, your metabolism, your microbiome, your stress response system, and your reproductive system. So your circadian rhythm is something you experience over the course of a day. Your infradian rhythm is something you experience over the course of a month. You experience it in the course, let's say, of your monthly cycle, but it goes way beyond your period. It it affects, like I said, your brain, 
your stress response system, your metabolism. So no wonder if we're using diets and fitness plans and biohacking programs that are being researched on men and postmenopausal women who do not have an active infrading rhythm, and then we are applying it to the organism that does have, aka you, right, that the biological system that is that has an active infradian rhythm, that is all disrupting your infradian rhythm, right? So we know, for example, you it's bad for you if you were to sleep five minutes and then be up for three days, right? That would make you sick in the short term, and it would increase your risk for the disease of inflammation long term. We all know that from the famous nurses study that was done in the eighties. We know how important the circadian rhythm is. Everybody's wearing blue light blocking glasses, circadian, circadian, circadian. Male hormones follow a circadian pattern, and which is why it's so popular for the vast majority of men in the biohacking conversation. Um, most of them are men. Not sure why <laughs> to talk about biohacking. Um, but anyway, that's another conversation. And so but we don't know that everything that we're doing, every time you force yourself to go on a diet that forces you to eat the same each and every day, or if you're doing high-intensity interval training each and every day, that this actually is disrupt, or even if you're doing one of those power morning routines, whatever kind of you know supercharged morning, like get up early and do the same thing every day, all of those things are oriented and optimize the circadian rhythm, and they disrupt your infradian rhythm and will cause these six systems of your body to s- perform suboptimally and will make you at vulnerable for disease states. And this is a hugely important thing for women to know. But of course, the infrading rhythm is not getting enough airtime research. In fact, In the Flow is the first book to talk about the infrading rhythm, not just what it is, but also how do you care for it. So I'm happy to be breaking more ground and continue to, to champion for women a more um, gender-specific and gender-equal conversation in healthcare, in biohacking, in fitness and nutrition. Yeah. And it's so eye-opening to me because I, I was laughing as you were sharing, because when you were referencing that all there were a lot of men that were biohackers, I was in my head going through all of them that I follow. And then I apply a lot of their research to my own life, not ever once questioning if it was good for my rhythm, like whether it was good for my hormones, whether, and as I'm learning now, it's not. It's not. not. And it's not even that it's just not good. It's that it can actively harm you. And if you've been trying to conceive, for example, as you shared earlier for six months, you know, as we do when women come and work with us at Flow Living, we do consultations over the phone. We help women in our digital programs many women struggle with their fertility. And one of the biggest things that they're doing to disrupt their fertility is to disrupt their infradian rhythm. Hey there, are you loving this podcast? Well, a simple way to support is to head over to sarahandstuart.com and join the newsletter. Doing this ensures that you are never going to miss out on any details of new projects, products, upcoming events, or behind the scenes stuff that I only share with my inner circle. Also by joining, you're going to get access to the movement, which means you are part of a free community of individuals standing in their power to live a diet-free life in a body that they love. So head on over to sarahandstuart.com and subscribe, and I'll see you on the inside. I'm even reading in your book how, and I wanted to dive a little bit more into this because even specific things like going out and staying in and what you're eating and doing cardio versus yoga, um, doing high intensity workouts, even things like answering an email versus giving a presentation or times when you're being intimate with your partner, all of those things should be tracked and monitored around this rhythm. And if, can you dive a little bit more into that? Because I, I can hear the women on the other side saying, oh my gosh, that feels so overwhelming that I'm going to have to manage my life around these 28 days. But I think if you can walk them through that, it's eaten, sure. it's not actually as hard as what it no, potentially it's sounds so like. easy. It's just a yep. new, it's just like a new map you've been following, or, or maybe it's like using a different clock, right? Like I want you to walk away from the 24 hour clock. <laughs> um, it'll still be there, of course, because you, you, unlike men and postmenopausal women and children, you have two clocks 
functioning in your body simultaneously during your reproductive years and not to get esoteric, but I do write about it in the book in the last chapter, like quantum physics, right? I, I think it is completely related that women in their reproductive years can 3D print a tiny human being. And from a quantum physics point of view, things can coexist in two places at the same time. It's like there are two clocks running. And so you have that technology inside of your body in the reproductive years. And I think it's extremely powerful and totally overlooked on purpose because it would shift the power dynamics of our culture for us to admit that um, women in their reproductive years have like a really potent superior system from a brain point of view, an immune point of view, a reproductive point of view. There's a lot that is uh, pretty powerful about the female body that we are just not taught. And I go into detail so that you know for sh- for yourself, <laughs> you're probably not going to hear it anywhere else, just how powerful of an operating system you've been gifted and why you want to take care of it. But what I will say is in this new paradigm that organizes fitness, nutrition, and time management, work, relationships, motherhood around your infradian rhythm, right? I didn't just want to paint a picture frame around the problem, but I also wanted to create a solution. And that solution, as you referenced earlier, Sarah, is called the cycle syncing method. And this is basically where you are eating, exercising, and organizing your activities around what is optimal for you. And for any of you who are feeling maybe a little overwhelmed at that idea, I just want to draw the parallel that guys do this left and right every day. (laughs) So I'm not asking us to do anything weird or extraordinary. I'm saying it really makes a lot of sense that men would optimize their workout time in the in the early morning when they wake up with that huge testosterone surge that they wake up with, right? They go to sleep, they make all their testosterone at night. And when they wake up, they have a ton of testosterone. They have to do something with it to build lean muscle, to get their deep work done. Like this is the time when they have stamina and focus. So that's why it makes sense for them to do a power morning, to wake up at 5 a.m. every day, to like lift heavy weights in the morning and like do all their, you know, intense writing and work, creativity, whatever they're going to do in the morning. And then for them to focus on socializing in the later afternoon, because around three o'clock, they start really having a major decrease in blood serum concentrations of both cortisol and testosterone, which makes them a little more sensitive to their estrogen, makes them a little bit more social. Happy hour in corporate culture is oriented around this male circadian hormonal pattern. And all of corporate culture is oriented around this. So it's important for you as a female to recognize that you have to create this for yourself because our culture is organized to optimize male hormonal biology, right? The world of work was originally only accessed by men, right? And so, of course, it was created to support male biological reality. Now, the world only let us into the corporate environment in the 70s here in the United States. So it hasn't changed to accommodate our biological reality. But you need to make that happen for yourself. In addition, fitness and nutrition research leave women completely out. And so every dietary trend, which is so ironic, because women are like the largest consumer of the diet conversation, we're doing things that don't work for us. And, you know, I always love to refer back to this commercial that I think it was called Ally. It was like a pill that women could take to help them with weight loss when they had like this stubborn weight that wouldn't go anywhere. And there was like this cartoon doodle. And it was like, Susie and Jim go on a diet together at the start of the month. And at the end of the month, Jim looks like a rock star bodybuilder. And Susie's fat and frustrated, you know, oh, poor Susie, she's something's wrong with her. She needs ally, right? That's essentially the the commercial. And I like look at that. I'm just like, you know, so frustrated because it isn't that it's the fundamental issue is not that Susie is somehow deficient in that medication. The fundamental issue is that Susie and Jim went on the same diet and fitness plan. And that only is optimized for Jim and not to optimize Susie. So Let's go into the metabolic piece to start because you have to start changing what you're doing if you're going to take care of yourself. So for example, in the first half of your cycle, your cycle has four phases, the follicular, the ovulatory, the luteal, and the menstrual. In the first half, the follicular and the ovulatory, your metabolism is slower. So you can eat less and you're going to you know, not have any stress on your blood sugar management by eat, by restricting calories a little bit at this time. You're going to still feel plenty of energy. 
and good mood, but you don't have to eat a ton of calories in this phase of the cycle to do what you need to do. In addition, your cortisol levels at rest are naturally lower. And so this means that your body can tolerate high-intensity interval training and high-intensity cardio-based workouts, right? Doing this in combination with slight calorie restriction, which is metabolically appropriate for the the slower metabolic state that you're in, the combination of the food and the fitness together cause you to use stored fat as fuel and to build maximum amount of lean muscle. This is a good thing. Yes. However, the problem is that we as women have been conditioned that we should do this the whole month and each and every day. And what's frustrating and how I encountered this in my practice was that women would come to me and they're like, gee, I'm training for a triathlon month over month. I'm doing all the same stuff every day. And they've gained 20 pounds and they're confused, right? And this is why you'll gain weight if you do the same thing every day. Studies show that in the second half of your cycle, post-ovulation, so after you're done ovulating, you move into the luteal phase and then the bleeding week. During this phase, the second half, your metabolism speeds up. And so you need 237 more calories in this phase. And you need slow-burning carbohydrates because your blood sugar will be very easily destabilized by calorie restriction. You need to eat more and you need to eat the kind of things that will stabilize your blood sugar for the longest period of time, which women don't do, right? You know what happens during the PMS phase, which is what we, what most women think of when they think of the luteal phase. They, we try to restrict, we try to eat our salads at lunch. And then when nobody's looking at night, we binge on cookies and chips and ice cream and all these things because our body's looking for calories, right? Because what you're doing at that time from a physical point of view is enormous. You are growing an entire organ, the, the endometrial lining is, is, the, is the substrate of you know, the embryo's life if you were to conceive, right? So you're growing this out of nothing every month, out of the fertile void of your uterus, right? So to do that requires nutri- nutrients and you get nutrients from your food. And if you don't put the food in, your neurotransmitters like ghrelin are going to kick in to make you hungry to eat calories, even blindly even if they're not healthy because you just need at least calories to do this huge heroic thing and epic thing of making the endometrial lining out of nothing every month. It's not like it's just sitting there every month and you lose a little bit at a time. No, no, no. It goes completely away and then you have to rebuild it every month. So you need more calories. But the other thing is at rest, your cortisol levels are higher during the second half. So the studies show not only do you need 237 more calories every day of this of these two phases, but you also must not do high-intensity interval training. If you do high-intensity interval training when metabolism is faster and when cortisol levels at rest are higher, you will turn on fat storage and turn on muscle wasting. And this is so important because all of these slogans in the fitness world and bodybuilding and biohacking, whatever, it's like, just do it, just push it. It's like that bro culture, you know, (laughs) Um, just go, man, you know, that whole thing of doing it every day that is working against your biology. And that's why at best at the end of the month, if you were to do high intensity interval training each and every day and eat the same diet each and every day at the at very best you would make no change in your weight or have no gain in your lean muscle mass and at worst you will lose lean muscle mass and gain weight which is what happens to a lot of women and they are confused as to why this could be when they feel like they restrict and they're so diligent about going to workouts and they really, you know, are disciplined with themselves. Women do not lack discipline or willpower in my experience. They're just completely using a diet and a fitness program that was researched on male biology and that is tailored to male hormonal patterns and optimizes their biological rhythm and not ours. 
Yeah, this is like blowing my mind because I I've witnessed myself in all of this and the, and the frustration of it and not knowing what you're doing wrong, right? And then what happens is they go from coach to coach to coach, diet to diet to diet, still frustrated. Spending the money, yeah. Spending the money, the shame, the guilt that they are a failure, that they can't do anything right, but it's because they don't have the right protocol that is specific for them. And I think if I were to write myself a love letter to my younger self, it would have been to pay more attention to my periods. I think it culturally too, this is a conversation we need to have more and more because we just accept that not having your period is okay. I think in the younger, younger generations. And I think as we get older, and again, as I look at infertility and I look at my own ability to get pregnant and think, well, what could I have done in my earlier years to have compensated or prepared my body for this time? And I think if we start to open up the conversation to that, your period doesn't have to be hard. It doesn't have to be challenging. I think that's one of the reasons why women are so excited to not have it. And then they don't recognize that something wrong. And so I'm curious if you have any mindset shifts around this, just in terms of empowering women to recognize that if you have the right protocol, it also doesn't have to be this hard experience every month or something you dread or something you stay home and you're hovered over in bed for four days. Oh, yeah, it can I mean, actually well, be a beautiful experience. You're designed by nature to feel good all month long. So for example, cramps, right? Um, the uterine activity, let's say the activity of your uterus is controlled by three prostaglandins, PGE1, 2, and 3. And so if nature intended for you to be in pain every month, two out of the three prostaglandins should control uterine contraction, yes? Mm-hmm. But it's the opposite. Two of the three prostaglandins control uterine relaxation. Only one prostaglandin, PGE2, governs uterine contraction. So nature has designed you to be pain-free, in fact. What it means if you're having cramps is that you are eating foods and specifically certain fats that jack up the production of PGE2, which makes you have more cramping, more contraction of the uterus, more pain change your fats and your food, you reduce the production of PGE2, your cramps can go away in a cycle or two. I've, I see this you know, all the time in our practice. So I love to share that. And then of course, the results speak for themselves for women who are in the cycle syncing membership with us. You know, It's over 80% of reduction in their symptoms. It's unprecedented. It's unheard of. Um, and of course, Flow Living for almost a decade now has been helping women put their period conditions into remission naturally, right? PCOS, endometriosis, fibroids, like you can, you can, I mean, I've been in remission with my PCOS for 20 years. You can mass, I've had women who've written in with endometriosis, you know, severe pain, you know, taking them out of their day-to-day life that they've gotten their lives back. They're pain-free. Women who at 43, had FSH levels, those of you who are trying to conceive, her FSH levels were at a 17 after three months on the protocol, you know, they were down to a six and she conceived naturally at 43. It's amazing. So what I'm saying is you have all the possible agency over what is happening in your hormones if you get educated about how they work and then you learn what to do to support them. And that is what I have dedicated my career to compiling for women and of course, creating the very protocols that are effective for your hormonal lives because it just doesn't exist and it should, right? We're being deprived of an education that we desperately need to navigate. And to your point, Sarah, I hear that all the time that women deeply feel this sense of regret. Like, I wish I had known about this sooner. I wish I had known about this as a teenager. I wish I had known about this in my 20s. Whether they're having fertility issues or not, even if they've just suffered with their period for two decades, I mean, can you imagine? Do you think men would tolerate 50% of their month being unhealthy? Yeah, miserable. And miserable and depressed and in pain? No, there'd be like, trillion dollar funding going into the research to solve that crisis. It would be a crisis. 
you know, but yet we are conditioned to tolerate suffering as our norm. And so that's why I think this is both a health issue, but also a feminist issue. You as a woman deserve to have much better health care than we're getting across the board. You as a woman deserve to have correct information being presented to you in the media. Like, so listen, I have nothing against, a, you know, an article coming out saying high intensity interval training is showing all these great benefits. As long as that article states clearly that the research, because it's clear in the research who the cohort is that they studied, that the study was done on men. And so women should not necessarily flock to this as the holy grail of fitness, right? There should be much more specificity when we're writing about health and wellness, about who it's appropriate for from a biological point of view, a hormonal point of view, an age point of view. We deserve so much more. And I think it's long overdue. And I think it's like, you know, time's up on us just suffering in silence for decades of our lives, not getting the health and the help that we need to thrive in our bodies. And that's why I built Flow Living. That's why I've written Woman Code and In the Flow and all the programs and supplements and products that I've created. It's all to create a a trusted destination for women to have access to all the tools, education, and support services they could need outside of their gynecological experience. Yeah. And I think for me, it's heartbreaking when health insurances and if women only have one touch point to a doctor who is band-aiding it with birth control and has no education on this topic. And then for years and years of their life, they're putting their trust into that one practitioner without doing any research beyond that. And then wondering 10, 20 years down the road. I mean, that's what I'm seeing in my practice over and over again the two things I see is the only time I've ever had a conversation about my hormones was because I don't want to get pregnant. That's number one. Or two, it's because I'm not having my period and I needed to get a Band-Aid approach to end up having my period. And that's all the research, all the knowledge, that's all they have. And I think the the third part that breaks my heart more than anything is when this isn't curable, this is what you're going to have the rest of your life, just like you heard, which I hear over and over and over again, like there's nothing I can do, right, Sarah? And I'm always like, of course there's things you can do, but, and now I have a whole nother wealth of wealth of knowledge through you, but it's just, it's very heartbreaking to me. And I think as women who are supporting other women, and I think even if you're listening and you hear of someone who is struggling, it's important for all of us women, like you said, to come together and really support one another in that there's these other levels of education that, that the masses need to have (laughs) for sure. So I absolutely love what you're doing. I went vegan for many years and Mm. didn't have my period. And I'm like having that flashback right now again to like, uh, if I only knew then the consequence of this. And so hopefully through my own experience, it will inspire some other people at an earlier age to really take this and empower themselves to take the steps because... I was listening to another one of your podcasts and you were saying the infradian rhythm is for, is for four decades of our life. Is that, is that accurate? Yeah. I mean, from your first period to your last, your infradian rhythm is going to be impacting how you think, how you create, how you have orgasms, you know, how you parent, how you, yeah, it goes way beyond just your fitness and nutrition. That's just the foundation to make sure you're not disrupting your infradian rhythm. But of course, what's in it for you is not just to take care of yourself properly. It's that you can start to become truly powerful in your life. For example, in 1996, uh, Dr. Catherine Mulley at Northwestern University discovered that the female brain changes up to 25% across the cycle. This is extremely important information because the way you solve problems, the way there's, there's certain times of the month where certain regions of your brain are more stimulated than other times of the month. This is predictable and reliable. I organize my entire workflow as an entrepreneur based on when I know certain regions of my brain are being stimulated for certain tasks. Why wouldn't I do that? Because it makes everything so much easier, right? The, the reason why I call the book In the Flow is not because it's about you know your period. It's because it's you're in the flow of this infradian cycle that makes everything work better and easier. So instead of forcing yourself all the time and pushing and feeling like everything is an uphill, instead you're just 
you're going with the flow. You're going downstream. It's easier. You get, you get to your destination faster because instead of pushing a hockey puck across a flat surface, you invent the wheel and you just start rolling, you know? Yeah. I think that's so important for women to hear too, because I think that there's this, oh, it's so stressful. It's so hard. Life is so challenging. I'm getting more thrown on my plate. Overwhelmed. We're so busy, right? Yeah. Busy. There's so much happening. There's a way to organize it. If you align with the infradian rhythm, you know, the way out of overwhelm is infradian. The way out of stress is infradian. (laughs) The way out of, you know, a body that's not as healthy as you'd like it to be is infradian. Yeah. Working with your body, not against it. That's right. But instead of that being this kind of like amorphous, vague thing, like, you know, we talk about stress and it's like, oh, well, stress is cortisol, right? And it has specific biochemical impacts, but overwhelm and getting out of that also feels like this, I don't know, vague kind of concept, but actually it's very precise in terms of how you go about it. And it's all mapped out in the book. Each chapter of the book has a chart of like which foods to eat when, which workouts to do when, which things to work on and optimize your productivity based on your brain function at which times. It's all taken and made so simple for you so you don't have to feel overwhelmed at all. You can just start with one and keep adding a chart every month of, you know, start with your fitness, then add your food or start with the food and then add the fitness and then do your, you know, project management. And then you can layer in sex and you can layer in parenting (laughs) if you have kids, you know, you can really start to move. (laughs) I'm taking it all on. (laughs) I'm doing the food, the movement, everything this month. I'm like, I'm just, I mean, it's fun, right? (laughs) I'm I'm like, during this crazy time on the planet, I'm like, this is a good time to just lay all the charts out and do it all. all, Cause I had the setup for it. I'm like, I'm going to be home anyway. So why not just integrate it all right now. I think it's depending on when women listen to this, because of this whole quarantine, we're inviting and I'm certainly happy to extend this to your community, Sarah, you're totally welcome to join us in the cycle syncing membership for a month for free because of this whole quarantine. I want to really support women who are stuck at home to really start. There's no better time. Like none of us have to live in the corporate male culture right now. (laughs) So Mm -hmm. this in fact is an ideal time for you to start practicing and anchoring the, the cycle syncing methodologies in your food, in your fitness, in your time management. And so you're all welcome to come and do that. And I'll, I'll, we'll share a link or something with everyone. Thank you. And of course, you don't have to keep all of this straight in your mind, right? Of like, which, you know, some of you may be thinking, gee, which phase of the cycle am I in? Or does this apply if I'm on the pill? You don't have to worry about which phase of the cycle you're in. I built an app that will tell you Uh, not only which phase of the cycle you're in, but give you a quick rundown of all the things that you need to know from the infradian rhythm point of view and the cycle syncing point of view. It's called My Flow. It's the first and only cycle syncing app, of course, because that's my trademarked terminology. And then, you know, you can really learn as you go in real time, just the information that you need about that particular phase. So you don't have to feel overwhelmed. That's so nice. I'm excited. Thank you so much for offering that. I I deeply appreciate it. I know a lot of people are going to take advantage of that, especially with what's happening in the world. And I always say in the state of chaos and in the crazy is the best time to develop new tools and cultivate new mindset shifts and really, really take care of our health and our well-being. There's no better time than now. So I'm excited for that. So thank you so much for being here. I'm so thankful for this conversation and I, we met at Mindshare many years ago, and and yet I feel like this is like the most perfect timing for me to read your book. And so I'm really thankful that it came across my doorstep and um, is in my life now with all of your knowledge and wisdom. Where can people find more details about the work that you're doing and sign up for your membership and and all the amazing things that you're you're up to? So you can find out about you know, anything that you need from your own period issues at flowliving.com. That's of course flow without a W and you can sign up for our extraordinary, or or as I like to say, the bleeding edge of women's health (laughs) information on our newsletter there. You can download the app at myflowtracker.com. You can find us on Instagram at flowliving and my personal is alisa.vidi. You can learn about the Flow 28 Cycle Syncing Membership at cyclesyncingmembership.com. 
And all the resources are in any of those websites and the books in the flow and woman code you can buy wherever books are sold like Amazon or other online retailers. Awesome. Thank you so much for being here. It's just been such a wealth of information and I'm so thankful for your time. Thanks, Sarah, for having me. All right, friends, that concludes another amazing episode. I am so grateful for Elisa for being here. It was such a pleasure to have her on the show. I hope this episode has encouraged you to take a moment and connect deeper with your truth. There is a common misconception that healing our relationship with our bodies has to be painful, long, and a drawn-out process, or that we have to accept what is. And it doesn't have to always be this way. And I also encourage you, as I do with clients, to embrace a positive attitude about your healing journey and be open to new research. Because really, the decision to make a change happens in a single moment of awareness and the ability to address healing from a different angle. So this week, I challenge you to ask yourself, do you ever have questions you wish that you could have answered? Do you feel shameful or embarrassed when speaking freely about the concerns of your body? Are you confused about why diet after diet or protocol after protocol isn't working, including the newest trends? If you feel an imbalance in your body, don't be ashamed to ask the questions, search for answers so that you can find the solutions that work. An amazing takeaway from Elisa's story is her refusal to give up and accept the terms of her condition. The healing process takes time, patience, and a lot of love to obtain optimal results. I encourage you to check out flowliving.com and dive deeper into her research and her knowledge that has been presented to you today. And I'd love to hear from you and connect with you on the gram at Sarah Ann Stewart. Let me know what questions you have for upcoming podcasts. And also don't forget to subscribe so you never miss out on upcoming podcasts. Thank you again for being here, committing to your health. I trust that if you found this podcast inspiring, you will share it with a friend, family member, colleague, someone who could also benefit from this amazing wisdom that was shared today. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and trusting that you have a beautiful, inspiring, productive week ahead. All right, that concludes this cast. It is my honor to always be here with you. But hang tight because I have one last thought. You're here right now because you are ready. Because while many of us share the feelings of wanting more, not everyone is willing to do what it takes to get it. But you are here. You are ready. So this is your opportunity now to take what you just learned and implement it today. Make a pact with yourself to put just one thing into action. Just one. Write it down, do it, and share it with me. We are all in this together. Thank you for being here. You too can feel awesome from the inside out.